1: your virtual webmaster frat house webmasterradio.fm hey bring your togas webmasterradio.fm thanks for listening webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere would you build a house without a foundation would you have a child and not name it would you let a stranger squat on your property no of course not so why should the internet be any different Every week, speak with top domain experts, learn how to make money with domains, know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain, right here on Domain Masters.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Domain Masters, and what an exciting week uh, we are having. Uh, uh, hopefully, the, most of you have listened to or were listening to our live domain auction, live from Las Vegas. At the traffic conference, we kicked some major ass over there, Um, sold $4.3 million worth of domain names in the live event in about three and a half hours. The silent auction closing day is today, and we're already up to $850,000 worth of domain names in the silent auction being sold. We're just knocking them dead, Um, and uh, we still have about... uh, oh, four or five hours of closings to do, so uh, my gut tells me we're going to be over a million dollars, which will be a new record for the silent auction for sure, and we might surpass the old record from the Traffic East Conference in terms of total domain sold So uh, and total dollar sold. So we're going to talk a little bit about the domain auction in a little bit. Um, I have a, a very interesting and exciting guest on tonight, Aaron Cornblum, who's actually uh, the lead counsel for... Uh, Microsoft, and uh, I'm sure many of you have been listening to and hearing about Microsoft's uh, enforcement efforts on um, against spam, phishing, and cyber squatting. He leads that effort, and uh, since there's a lot of domain names out there that are um, involved in some of those transactions, we thought we'd get the, uh, hear it from the horse's mouth directly and find out what Microsoft is doing, why they're taking a serious effort towards what they're doing, and uh, some of the things you guys can do as domainers to uh, uh, Make Yourself Not in Jeopardy, and others who may have questions uh, and you know different variations of Microsoft names and different things that are going on that we can uh, talk about and uh, that uh, Aaron can explain what their uh, company's position is on. So we're going to be on with him first, and uh, then we're going to do a live and silent auction uh, follow-up and find out where we are to date. We're going to have Mike White, our super senior uh, um, uh, Development, uh, Senior Vice President of uh, Business Dev for us, and he also runs our auction platform. and uh, He's going to come on and talk about some of the successes of the both the silent and the live auction and what we've experienced so far and uh, uh, really hit it hard. So we're going to take a couple commercial breaks, pay some bills, and then be back on with Aaron Cornblum, and then on with Mike White from uh, Moniker.com. Stay tuned.
3: You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters.
1: The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay
3: tuned.
4: Howdy, boys, and you girls, too. I'm here to talk to you about Milnik Media, the best CPA network, period. They sure know how to deliver, and I know something about deliverance. Now, you want to get paid? Damn right you do. We'll make sure you get your money. Media's got support people who know their ass from their elbow. Need a new jet ski? How about one of them new plasma TVs? Well, Cousin Jeremy here will hook you up with our performance rewards program. Email submits, zip submits, ringtones, hell, we got them all. yee Hey there, it's Cousin Jeremy. Get on over to M-I-L-L-N-I-C-Media.com, and we'll have you so happy, you'll be squilling like a pig.
5: marketing payouts lacking green, leaving you seeing red? Get your business in the black with NeverBlueAds.com. Sign up with NeverBlueAds.com today and earn an additional $200 for the first $200 generated. Get ready to flash those pearly whites with unique campaigns, real-time stats, great personal service, and high payouts on time every month from NeverBlueAds.com. Results for advertisers, income for affiliates, everybody wins with a better marketing experience from NeverBlueAds.com. It's a no-brainer. Reaching customers everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search as well as free directory assistance with effective pay-per-call advertising is, well, ingenious. Ingenio Paper call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays for new customer lead. Call 1-800- 705-0632 today to ask about your free trial, or go to ingenio.com slash web radio. That's ingenio.com slash web radio. Ingenio. Simply ingenious.
4: Does everybody know what time it is? Let me introduce to you the web gorilla. Hi, this is Greg Buzzer. And the very slick and together, they are the always highly ranked SEO rock stars. Who needs happy hour when you have the SEO rock stars? Now Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. And for all you jammers and spammers that cut out early on Fridays, then catch the rock stars rewind. At their original time, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Only on Webmasterradio.fm.
1: Get clicked, covered, and rainbow all week long on webmasterradio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
3: Domain Masters. you still master your domain. Yes! <laughs> master of my domain. Here's your host.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Domain Masters. I'm Monty Khan, your host. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we have a very special guest on, Aaron Kornblum. Aaron is the senior attorney that leads Microsoft's enforcement program uh, efforts against spam, phishing, and cyber squatting. Aaron leads a dedicated team of investigators, uh, paralegals, and outside counsel, counsel that work closely with the industry and corporate partners, as well as the government, to enforce agencies to protect consumers from unwanted spam uh, and to stop on, online fraud. Prior to joining Microsoft, Aaron served as, an active, uh, as active duty in the Air Force, and uh, he was a trial prosecutor and defense counsel in numerous court, um, um, martial cases, and uh, administrative actions. Aaron, welcome to Domain Master's.
6: Thank you, Monty. It's a pleasure to be with you.
2: Yeah, we're glad we finally got you on board. I know we've tried for uh, several weeks. Um, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of background besides what I just read on how you actually got hooked up with Microsoft and um, you know your first experience in um, what's going on on the web today?
6: Absolutely. So uh, my background is both in the civil and the criminal areas of law, uh, starting first in the Air Force, as you mentioned, as a military prosecutor and uh, focusing on criminal law in that, uh, in that respect. So bringing cases in, in court-martial cases as a military judge advocate, and then also serving as a defense counsel, so defending airmen who were accused of crimes while they served in the military. Uh, after finishing in the service, I jumped out and uh, moved to the Seattle area and came back uh, to join a firm in Seattle and focus on civil litigation Uh, where I represented a number of of different organizations and companies and uh, focused my practice on complex civil litigation. So uh, a a variety of different types of law, including financial institutions uh, and anti-piracy in particular, Uh, a little bankruptcy and and some other topics, but a pretty pretty diverse practice. And uh, when the opportunity arose to join Microsoft's legal team, it was a terrific opportunity to leverage experience from both of those fields, both from the prosecutorial and and, uh, criminal side as well as the civil side, as this position within the company focuses, as you mentioned, on online safety in a variety of different areas, including spam, including phishing and and fraud more generally. Uh, And so uh, bringing both of those uh, to the forefront has has been a great great challenge and keeping me busy, as you also mentioned.
2: Yeah, definitely. So so Microsoft is one of the, I guess, most more aggressive companies trying to uh, combat, um, you know, all three areas of spam, phishing, and cyber squatting. Um, what, what's what's behind the the effort? I mean, obviously, um, because Microsoft has online applications now, and I guess uh, the new versions of the Microsoft uh, desktop applications and stuff are now downloadable through the web. I, I assume that has something to do with the um, extraordinary effort there is to protect, um, you know, web users from receiving you know, fraudulent uh, um, fraudulent Microsoft advertisements and spam and phishing stuff. Is that correct?
6: This is an extraordinarily exciting time to be involved with the Internet. And in just so many ways, it is, uh, it is exciting and, and growing and, and dynamic every day. Uh, it is a place now to do business. It's a place for personal communications. And those the ways in which we do those things is changing every day. And so taking advantage of that new medium of the internet in exciting and dynamic ways is something that we're very focused on as a company and that we'd like to see others do as well so microsoft has a very broad and vested interest in the success of the greater internet that is as a marketplace as a medium to communicate uh, by telephone voice over ip by uh, surfing and browsing using uh, browsers and, and visiting websites uh, for instant messaging and, and, and other types of services which uh... which we're moving into so uh, that does lead us to, uh, importantly, protecting our consumers, ensuring that they're able to use this new medium, that they're not, that the medium's not polluted, that their customer experience is not negatively impacted by these online threats like phishing, like spam that will carry malicious code. Uh, these are things that, that we're focusing more closely on, and as we as a company move more into online services, and as you, as you mentioned, delivering software to customers directly rather than putting it in a box, those websites and those domain names and those online portals become increasingly important as well.
2: Definitely, definitely. Um, I see what, uh, I see what the, 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 the drive is behind that. So how many names has uh, Microsoft, from a, from a cyber squatting aspect now, well, we'll talk about all three areas, how many names has Microsoft been able to reclaim uh, since this initiative took place?
6: Well, we've been looking at domain names for several years now as, as an important asset, and that, that began, of course, with our, our corporate domain portfolio and, and the domain names which we use and, and operate every day, and then really expanded as we looked more at phishing and doing defensive work around phishing and, and, and proactively purchasing domain names as part of our anti-phishing strategy, and I, I can, I'm happy to talk about that. The Cyber Squatting Initiative, which became more aggressive last August, has yielded 1,100 domain names, in, specifically since the filing of, of our first uh, federal lawsuits targeting cyber squatters, uh, which was in August of last year. So more than a thousand domain names, and and uh, we expect that number will continue to increase as we push this effort forward.
2: And and regarding those reclaiming of domain names, what are, are is Microsoft's position? Just to go ahead and start filing suits, or are you are you looking to? Um, work with potential cyber squatters to at least give them an opportunity to give the names back or, you know, what's the, is there a compromise here? Is there, uh, you know, a case where you, you know, where maybe they didn't think there was something going on that was wrong? Uh, you know, give us it, give it the approach that's being used here and how you guys are treating that.
6: Absolutely. And this is an important question and one that I know is is talked about frequently on, on uh, programs like these or on uh, the message boards, which we do frequently to learn what's going on in the industry, in the space, and, and just a fantastically growing industry uh, with a lot of positive momentum behind it. We, every case is different. So when we approach a particular individual or an organization that's uh, potentially uh, in, in possession of uh, infringing domain names, we take a very close look at all of the facts of the case. That is, we look at the person or the organization that's, that's involved, in, uh, to our understanding and investigation, in the cyber-squatting. Uh, we look at the names that are involved. Are we talking about a large number of names? Are we talking about systematic registration or automatic registration? And and ultimately, it's going to yield some sort of an approach, uh, a strategic approach that we'll take. And in every case is different. In some cases, we may reach out to the domain holder and seek merely the return of the domain names themselves. And, and I do want to point out, we have received uh, into our accounts a number of voluntaril, voluntarily... Uh, push domain names that that we've added to our corporate portfolio, and and we welcome that. We we don't look at those uh, as potential targeting opportunities when that happens. And frankly, you know that when we look at all of those factors, that cuts very positively uh, in the way of of the uh, of the person of the registrant who's who's sending that domain name our way. But every case is different, and for those that we find uh, that are particularly egregious, so we find a particular person or or approach to the registrations that that uh, indicates a clear and systematic or more aggressive targeting of Microsoft domain names we're going to take a harder look at that we're also going to see how the page is being used uh by the registrant or how the pages are uh are being uh, operated and and all of that factors into that equation
2: and um some of, the, some of the techniques that Microsoft uses to find all these domain names, what are, what are some of the methodologies or methods that you're using um, internally and externally to, to see if somebody's registered a name or somebody's had a name for quite some time or how they're using it? Is it all a manual process? you have some kind of automated systems? What's going on in the back end?
6: It's a variety of processes. Uh, one of them is, is, is one that, that we publicize fairly broadly. In fact, we encourage and make available to everyone uh, to take a look at is a tool developed by a researcher at Microsoft named Yimin Wang. That's called the Strider URL Tracer, and it's Strider, S-T-R-Y-D-E-R, and it's available for free download at Yimin's website at Microsoft Research. This is a tool which, which simply will permit investigation and research of all the potential variants by entering a, a brand name or, or uh, other uh, domain name into the, into the tool, and it will compute and calculate potential variants and, and assist with that initial research. So that, that's one of the most powerful tools that we have, and we do use that. We also make that available, as I said, to everyone who wants to take a look at that tool, including other brand holders. And that's a large part of what we're trying to achieve with, uh, with our uh, programs is to educate other brand holders and other companies that may operate in the domain space to alert them that you know, their domain name is a valuable Property and that it can be susceptible to infringement just as any uh, type of intellectual property in the, in the brick-and-mortar world can uh, potentially be infringed as well. Uh, we also do use, uh, uh, we'll call it uh, human research and, and just looking at a variety of different sites. We also listen to our customers, uh, as with spam and other types of online safety challenges. They, uh, they don't hesitate to let us know when they see something that's uh, giving them a challenge or giving them pause. So uh, we'll also receive information or leads on uh, on potential targets through our customers
2: that's, that's uh, interesting and um, and what about the other two aspects of the uh, enforcement which is spam and phishing what's how are you handling that internally
6: well we have a global team of uh, former prosecutors like me also former uh, federal investigators FBI uh, other federal agencies who have come in-house who are focusing on enforcement uh, as a technology company we Obviously, have large numbers of people working on technology solutions. We focus on, on consumer education, but our team is unique in that it does have the luxury, if you will, of spending uh, full time on enforcement and on bringing cyber criminals to justice. So, speaking more about phishing and, and criminals specifically, we work quite a bit with law enforcement, with FBI and uh, the National Center, a National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance, which is a uh, public-private partnership in Pittsburgh to really focus on the criminal activities, and, and uh, a little bit different from, from the cyber-squatting we're talking about. On, and on the spam side, we also work quite a bit with government, but there we're also quite active with civil lawsuits as well, bringing private civil actions against those who are sending illegal email or, or conducting illegal email marketing. And uh, as I've spoken uh, quite a bit on, on, on spam, I, I won't go into too much detail here, it's a little. Uh, it's a, it's a continuing effort to focus on, on illegal email because it, it continues to impact our customers as, as do the other online threats. Interesting.
2: Now, um, regarding some of the, uh, I guess there was a, uh, an announcement that had to do with some cases that you settled in, um, in the U.S. just recently. Can you talk a little bit about those cases?
6: Sure. So we're talking about the kickoff of our, of our more aggressive program last August where we filed three lawsuits uh, in August of 2006. Uh, they were filed in federal courts, uh, one lawsuit each in Salt Lake City, Los Angeles, and in Seattle. And the announcement today uh, covers several different areas, but it, one of the areas it covers includes the settlement of two of those lawsuits, uh, the Salt Lake City action and the Los Angeles action against the defendants that we named in, in those lawsuits. Those, those have been settled out of court. Uh, the third action, which was filed in Seattle, was a little bit different, rather than bringing it against named defendants whose information we had through, uh, through uh, registration information publicly available, who is data. The uh, defendants in that case were unknown to us. That is, our identities were unknown to us because all of the domains we were looking at were, in fact, who is privacy shielded. And so the lawsuit that we filed in Seattle was known as a John Doe lawsuit, which is a technique that we use frequently in spam and in phishing cases as well, Uh, which is used uh, in situations where you don't know who you're dealing with, who the true identity of the defendant is on the the day that you're filing your lawsuit. So uh, by filing the John Doe lawsuit, importantly, it gave Microsoft subpoena power that is the right to issue court orders to third parties to turn over customer information. And that's what we did to unmask the identities of those 217 domain owners. Uh, we did pursue them and uh, settled with uh, the vast majority of the domain owners that we identified, but three of those individuals we elected to uh, uh, to pursue further in the court, uh, and so we amended our John Doe action this week to name those three individuals uh, by name and will now pursue them in that federal lawsuit.
2: I see. And then the settlement strategy, is that uh, as simple as just turning over domain names or is it ca- – Uh, compensation, uh, some kind of financial damage, uh, or is it a combination of both, or is it vary?
6: It does vary, and I want to emphasize again that each case is different, and that we take into account in full the circumstances not only of the uh, registrant, but also of the the scope of what their actions entail. So uh, each case did, however, involve a stipulated permanent injunction, meaning that the Defendant, in each case, uh, agreed not to engage in that type of uh, uh, infringing conduct going forward and uh, a monetary payment, in some cases, to Microsoft. And, uh, do, and, and, there, there, also, and, and there also was a turnover of the, of the domain names involved, yes.
2: Right, right, okay. Um, now, you're also amending the ones that, uh, I guess, that... Uh, you, you have some that they are continuing, and then I, what, what do you do about international situations and how do you handle an international, um, you know, um, um, effort to go against spam, fishing and even cyber squatting when there's so many various uh, uh, rules and jurisdictions in different countries and, and protection of domain owners. Uh, I hear in India, for example, it takes five years to even go through the appeal process. What do you do about those types of situations?
6: Well, international cases do present unique challenges, particularly when you're talking about the Internet and enforcement, uh, enforcement cases. Uh, every country is going to have different applicable law, and the actions that a uh, brand owner or uh, infringed brand or company can bring uh, vary depending upon the laws of that country. Uh, perhaps uh, fraud and phishing is, is the area where we've had the most uh, universal success worldwide, and that's because most countries do have, most nations do have in place some sorts of legal uh, prohibitions against fraud or fraudulent conduct or activity. Spam, less so because you're, you're seeing uh, some nations taking uh, taking steps to enact legislation specifically targeting illegal email behavior. And with uh, domain names, it really falls more frequently under the realm of trademark law. And again, that also varies from country to country and, and uh, the jurisdictions uh, each jurisdiction, each country can have very different rules and procedures. So it's very important to have good legal, legal guidance in, in all of these uh, all of these situations, no matter which side of the fence you're on. And that's something that, that I frequently point out uh, and, and highlight uh, when I speak to uh, uh, domainers, when I speak to uh, uh, email marketers, and, and um, I mentioned at the Affiliate Summit in, in Las Vegas in January, is that it's so important that if you do... Uh, run afoul of, of either a private uh, a private company or perhaps an, an enforcement agency from a government. In, in any of these contexts, that you do have good legal information at your side, and that can come in, in different forms. But frequently, and most in, most uh, commonly, that's going to be an attorney who's licensed to practice in that particular place, because the laws do, as I just pointed out, change from from place to place. Uh, and and to be upfront with that. Uh, with that agency or, or company that, that contacts you, because again, that's another factor which may weigh on how that agency or, or private brand holder may may elect to proceed.
2: Right, right. Now, if you're a domain owner, well, I, I guess I got two questions. Um, what's Microsoft's position on the registration of names that um, that have not been trademarked but that were used for other purposes or, or ideas? Of, like, you know, example, I guess the whole Zune. Um, release of uh, you know the Zune music player, but before that name even became in existence, a number of people had um, a lot of those domain names already already um, registered. I guess Microsoft has in some ways um, um, not connected some of its branding strategy and its uh, online efforts to some of the product releases, so that they are actually protecting their domain names on, online. And uh, uh, you and I spoke about that briefly at the uh, affiliate summit. What are the things that now Microsoft are doing so that? whenever there's a new product or service that are coming out, that they're going out and securing the brand and identity online? And what happens if somebody else owns that brand and identity after a decision has been made internally, that that is the best brand name for their particular product or service?
6: A couple questions in there. I'll try my best to, to move through them. Uh, it, it is a challenge for brand holders, particularly larger ones, to to re, to truly understand the power of, of domain names. I think this is a topic which is... Uh, frequently discussed in the in the domaining community, and uh, to, to a good extent, I think they're they're on point. That is, that the marketing folks, the IT folks, the perhaps if there is a uh, domain portfolio management group, the trademark group, and the legal group within a particular company may not be talking to each other as a new product or service is is coming down the pipe and being prepared for release. And as you pointed out, we talked a little bit about Zune and how uh, that domain name. When the name of the domain, the name of the product came out, there was a surge in, in registrations, and and this also ties into the applicable law as well, the law of of, uh, of trademarks in the United States, and and when a trademark owner is, is able to bring action. So uh, every case is different. You know, we're looking at at Zune domains right now. Uh, we are uh, trying, as you as you ask about the internal processes, we're trying to connect those uh, connect those dots. More strongly, so that as new products and services are coming, we are thinking more about domain names ahead of the curve and and doing perhaps defensive registrations, uh, and, and doing it in a smart way. So it, it is a challenging area. I, I think you know taking a step back from Microsoft and looking at the broader area, I think that uh, that there's a good deal of education to be done with a lot of different brands out there, national and in the United States as well as internationally. To recognize the importance and again that inherent value of domain names as a place, as a, as a, uh, a landing point for customers and potential customers to visit, uh, to visit that company. Yeah, definitely. Um, and
2: and then on the side of, um, you know, what happens if what happens if I mean, are you, do you guys ever go and negotiate a purchase of a domain name that's really important and strategic to the brand that might be more generic in nature? Um, you know. Uh, for example, the word Windows—you know, obviously, Windows is a generic name that means, you know, the window of a house or a building or whatever—but also is a famous uh, Microsoft software program. Those types of names that are that are used uh, generically across the internet uh, for various meanings. How do you handle those situations? Do you go out and try to um, negotiate with a potential owner and actually uh, buy those, or you know, what are some of the things that are worked out in those in that standpoint?
6: Again, every case is different, and different product groups within the company. Uh, We'll have different strategies. We'll take different approaches to those types of questions. Uh, Some might see that the domain name is registered and and decide to take a different approach or or shift uh, perhaps to a a different way of marketing or or presenting the brand online. Uh, Others may try and acquire. So it's all sorts of different strategies uh, are are, uh, in place at Microsoft, and I think you'd find that true at, at other brand holders as well as they introduce new products and services.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, tell us a little bit more about what you would rec- recommend to, um, you know, domain owners that are in this precarious situation where they may have a name that, uh, that you know, uh, crosses the line or is in the gray area. Um, should they be afraid, you know, be fearful for their life if they're going to get a lawsuit? Is there a way that they can be proactive if the alarm bells are going off right now because of the show? Uh, where um, they may be able to to, uh, to be proactive and um, you know avoid something like that, give us an idea of what your recommendations are. You know, from uh, from your standpoint and your position on what those that are listening can do if they have any of these names that cross the line.
6: Sure. Well, I can't give legal advice out over over the show, but I I can say that I uh, you know that this is really a, I I believe it's it's an area of great concern. Within the online ad space and and the domaining community, and I think rightfully so. That is, I think that that this type of conduct, I'm talking about cyber squatting conduct, can bring uh, a very bad name to the growth of the domain name space and the monetization that that is occurring through domain names. Uh, and so, it is very important, I think, to take a hard look and and to to make it a, a, a objective look, to take an objective review of your domain name portfolio and to see if you do have domains that cross that line. Uh, I can speak for Microsoft and say that if you'd like to contact us uh, at T-M-P-O-L, that's tmpol at microsoft.com, and we'd be happy to take a look at a domain name, and, and if you'd like to offer to give it to the company, we will look at those. Uh, and as I said, you know that cuts very favorably in our eyes. It, it does save us the cost and expense of perhaps bringing a UDRP or a more formal legal action. But... Each company, each brand is going to approach that differently. Uh, I can't tell you, or I can't say that a different company might take a different approach. If there's a name that you know they, they become aware of, and that's that's being squatted or being uh, potentially infringed against, that they'll take a different tact. But you know, we are we're interested in, in in two things through the work that we're doing. We're interested in protecting our consumers and helping them. So that when they type in a web address, they they shouldn't have to worry that they're going to be if they're off by one keystroke that they can end up someplace that's completely different than where they intended to go, and then we're also looking to police our brand online and ensure that uh, that our mark is protected, and and as a trademark holder, that's part of our legal obligation under law is to p- police that mark both in the brick and mortar world and online. So those concerns are are the two that are, are topmost in our mind. And uh, so, having again someone who's experienced in this area of the law, perhaps to to assist in that process, might be very useful.
2: Um, now, what about some of the reverse um, uh, things that are going on? Um, for instance, the um, you know browser four or four redirects that uh, the Microsoft um, um, uh, IE application does. Is there any concerns from a legal standpoint that perhaps Microsoft crosses the line and? Um, um, you know, basically uh, takes advantage of some trademarks on the other side of that, like the reverse PPC lookup pages on four or four pages. Um, So obviously you know about um, redirecting traffic using uh, Microsoft misspells and and monetizing that on the other side, but the four or four redirects that the IE browser does um, also redirects traffic to um, famous marks and famous websites and famous uh, links as well. What's your position on that?
6: sure and and i'm aware of the conversation that's going on publicly about this topic as well and that only holds true if the uh, windows live search engine is selected as the default search engine in the browser and any default any default uh, can be set and in fact through oems and other sources there're going to be other search engines which may be selected as the default and then those search engines would be potentially uh, serving up paid ads so it's not the case that uh, windows live search or that ie7 or are focusing that traffic to Microsoft's Ad Center. I, I think that this area of law is going to see quite a bit of change in, and uh, examination by the courts in the next couple of years. I know there are cases already pending involving keywords more generally in, in the paid search and, and uh, online ad sense uh, ad uh, context. And so uh, I think you're going to see more decisions uh, that, that impact how these words can be used, how one mark holder could potentially or can or cannot potentially use other brand holders' marks in, uh, in, a, in the advertising context. So a story that's going to be continuing continuing to be written. So let me ask you uh, just a um, hypothetical question. It's probably a real question,
2: but I'll ask you in a hypothetical sense. Let's say a customer owns the domain name Windows.com, and they do have it steer towards, uh, towards a PPC landing page. The, the PPC provider, you know, uh, a Google, Yahoo, domain sponsor, what have you, um, redirects that traffic to a Windows software application and also competitive software to Windows. Who's liable? Who's responsible? What's Microsoft's position on that?
6: Well, we'll start with the domain name. Uh, Windows is not a name or mark that Microsoft uh, might, might absolutely pursue. As I said, every case is different, and so we're going to look to see how the name is being used and, and in what context and in what context of other names. Uh, it's not uh, it's not the instance that every time we see the word Windows or every time we see the word uh, Windows Vista or Xbox, we're going to be pursuing that as an enforcement case. Uh, I do not have an unlimited budget of uh, unlimited uh, size, and so we do try and focus on the larger uh, infringing uh, cases or the uh, evidence of, of a more significant infringement. So, we're going to take a look at each case differently, and, and uh, I'm not going to comment on, on a particular hypothetical, uh, other than other than to say that. Okay. Well,
2: I mean, let's say it was something that, um, let, let's say it was a, uh, um, let's say it had two different meanings, but it was steering traffic. In, let's say somebody was buying keywords in a competitive, uh, uh, to a competitive program to Microsoft. And it was Windows.com or Xbox, and it was you know it wasn't intended that, that 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 competitive ad was supposed to show up in a PPC provider. Does Microsoft feel that the end, the people providing the ad, the publisher, or which would be the domainer or the advertising uh, conduit, which would be Google or Yahoo, could be responsible in a scenario like that?
6: I'm not going to comment on a, on a hypothetical like that, Monty, other than to say that keep in mind that Microsoft has very broad interests in this space including Microsoft Ad Center its own online ad network which currently is serving up ads just on network uh, in network on on Windows Live search results and and other MSN and Windows Live properties but you know the the plan to roll out contextual advertising is something that we're looking at uh as well as the fact that we're now a registrar Microsoft became a registrar in November of last year and so we're also exploring options in in that field as well so we're certainly approaching the space wearing a, a variety of different hats, and as we uh, do our enforcement work, we are, as I mentioned earlier, building bridges within the company to talk more closely with those different areas of the company. So,
2: okay. Uh, All right, fair enough. Um, what, what kind of changes do you think uh, need to take place in the domain industry um, from the standpoint of, of where we are today and where we need to go?
6: Well, tasting is an issue which concerns us greatly, and it's one of the reasons why, uh, as part of our announcement today, we uh, announced that we had brought a legal action against Malthusie, LLC, in federal court in San Francisco, Uh, in large part because that's how Malthusie was infringing Microsoft's intellectual property that our complaint is alleging. Uh, The high-volume registration and and dropping of names and the, and the, the constant search for names uh, without any financial impact to the registrant, is something that that we're uh, contemplating as, as something we might want to uh, encourage legislative change or change on uh, on uh, procedural uh, rules. And we're watching very closely the new uh, drop rule, the new charge uh, that was just implemented by ICANN on one of the top-level domains. So I think that that's one area. Another area is this uh, is the growth of infringement, and we're we're looking at how brand owners might be able to more effectively police or to uh, identify infringing situations online. We think that the, the tool that Yi Min Wang developed, the uh, Strider URL Tracer, is a great first step, but how we might further expand that and empower brand holders, other companies, to, to, look, at this, uh, uh, to look at this space more positively to, uh, to help remove this chaff and focus on the wheat.
2: Um, Okay. Now you mentioned tasting. So, so Microsoft's position is that tasting is bad, or is it more like kiting is bad and not tasting? So, um, you know, there's a big difference between tasting and kiting, um, and what the terms are. You know, kiting is the registration and the re-registration of the same name over and over again without having to pay for it. Tasting is like test-driving a car. Whether um, you know, it's trying out the the domain name for three or four or five days to see whether it's. uh, something that meets their um, uh, a company or an individual's particular needs and then lets it go in case it doesn't. And those could be for a variety of reasons, obviously. One could be monetization. The One could be, you know, brand branding and brand strategy and all kinds of other things. Is it just a global statement that Microsoft has a concern about tasting in general, or is it the practice of kiting and the tasting of, of, you know, trademark-related names and then letting them go or trying to take advantage of them over some short period of time and letting them go?
6: Well, I do understand and agree with your definitions. They're separating the two, and, and kiting currently kiting would, in my mind, be more of a fraud situation where you have perhaps two or more parties actively engaged in some sort of, of uh, fraudulent endeavor or conspiracy. Uh, the tasting, the, the concern we have there is that it's the high volume, automatic registration of names and, and evaluation of names without a financial impact, which which is leading to. The uh, leading to the opportunity and perhaps more encouragement to infringe, and that's what that's what we're really concerned with is the infringement on our intellectual property. As I said, we have a, a variety of interests, and certainly it's not the registration of domain names per se that causes any, any uh, pause, but it's more of the infringement and perhaps the intentional blindness or willful blindness to the automatic registrations of infringing names, which is still forbidden under under law. So. Uh, that's that's the concern, and and that's why we're we're looking at that area more closely.
2: Got it, got it. Now, just switching gears a little bit before we wind up, um, uh, tell us a little bit about the Microsoft portfolio of domain names. Uh, how many how many names are in the portfolio?
6: About twenty thousand domain names, and that's that's growing as we acquire names for through a variety of means. Some from acquisitions, some from uh, new registrations, and and. Uh, uh, through the recoveries and the cyber squatting enforcement uh, work we're doing now, and
2: um, are there regular registrations, uh, new registrations going on within Microsoft on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, for you know various reasons? And what kind of uh, um, what kind of reasons would those would that be?
6: There are. We're uh, registering domains all the time. I, I can't give specifics there, uh, in part because it does it's it's a moving number, but. Uh, the portfolio is growing, and uh, as I said, re- new registrations are a component of that. And uh, that's in part because we are developing new products and services with uh, new opportunities to communicate and interact with our customers online.
2: And as uh, speaking from the instead of the you know attorney going after people to register names from a brand protection standpoint, what advice can you give some of the domain some of the listeners today that have? You know, um, protection—protection on their mind, protecting their brand and identity, enforcing their brand. Those types types of things. What what would you say to those people to help them be better and stronger at their brand protection for their companies and their um, um, you know online brands?
6: Well, I suspect Monty, the people listening to your show know more than perhaps anyone else on earth about what they need to do to protect their brand. That is, they understand the infrastructure, they understand how that infrastructure works how domain names can be obtained, registered, uh, disposed of, auctioned, all of the different possibilities that uh, that uh, could, could potentially come into play in the domain name space. So identifying what your top brands are and then moving to protect them, I think is, is probably uh, well within the grasp of, of everyone listening. Uh, I think the challenge lies with perhaps more well-established brands, larger or smaller and businesses of all size, sizes which are not at all familiar with this ecosystem and understand how this works. That is, understand the basic mechanics to get under the hood uh, and, and not realize that, uh, sticking with a car analogy, that someone else may be driving their car. Uh, and that's what infringement is, is all about, is that there's some confusion as to who is responsible for for presenting that, that brand or that product uh, in public. And so... Uh, keeping a, a, a close eye on your brand uh, using a tool like the one available from Yee or watching all new registrations that might involve your brand, which is something Microsoft does on a daily basis across the top-level domains, uh, I think is absolutely essential in order to help protect your brand online. Other things that, that you can do, more t- uh, technical things you can do to prevent spoofing, you can look at authentication technologies like sender ID or DKIM, also known as Domain Key Sender ID, is offered by Microsoft. DKIM by Cisco. These are the two leading authentication technologies to prevent someone from spoofing your brand or, or spoofing your domain in, in email. Uh, you can look at uh, uh, you can look at partnering with other groups in your industry to look at ways to collaboratively defend your brand and consumer education. At the end of the day, you are Potentially interacting with people human beings who are trying to reach you and your products and your brands and so helping them and educating them uh, around these issues and, and topics i think at the end of the day will will be beneficial as well
2: and what kind of um, um, best practices can you use to avoid um, to avoiding um, you know the best practices to avoiding spam and what what kind of tips can you share from the spam side
6: well, the, many different techniques. In, in, in the spam setting, as I have mentioned, we've, we've brought a number of civil actions, more than 100 lawsuits now, against spammers around the world uh, seeking money damages, injunctions, and, and uh, uh, the, the ceasing of their illegal emailing operations. Uh, we receive a lot of illegal email at Microsoft. We use that for investigative purposes. Uh, we have MSN Hotmail trap accounts that we operate specifically for the purpose of studying illegal email that comes in off the raw Internet. And uh, I, I think just common sense in, in internet etiquette, it goes a long way. That is if you receive illegal email, uh, not replying to it, uh, not opening it if possible, deleting it right away so that it can't pull, if there is a web beacon, installed any, any code from a remote site to show that you've been uh, you, you've opened the mail successfully, that it's made it safely to your IP address. Uh, not signing up for, for email lists for sketch looking, products or services or contests uh, so that you don't get added to uh, a, a black-hatted email marketer. But I, I think there's a, a growing separation now between email marketers and those that are uh, respectful and compliant with, with state and federal laws around illegal email and those that don't really care at all and use malicious code like botnets and, and other zombie computers to deliver their mail. And uh, And so we're encouraged that there's a, a growing number of email marketers that have moved to the white side of the fence and are, uh, are no longer using illegal means to, to send that mail.
2: Great, great. Now, just a just to one last question because I've, I know that you've been starting to go to some of the domain-related conferences and starting to see what's going on in our industry. What are some of the things that really excite you the most about what's going on in our business uh, these days? Because it has evolved and changed, and uh, as you've seen, domains have uh, quickly become very valuable assets, not only for a brand like Microsoft, but for domainers that are building portfolios and earning money and helping to drive advertising traffic and, uh, in a legitimate way, that is, um, and really um, uh, turning it into a real powerful business. I'm sure you're familiar with the statistics that uh, um, PPC and um, direct, you know, direct navigation are responsible for 15% of all the revenue generated by Yahoo and Google now. Um, what are you seeing from your standpoint and from the company standpoint?
6: Well, I don't think there's any question that the amount of money flowing into online advertising is going to continue to increase. I think if there's one constant that, uh, that we would sign off on, it would be that that more business, more personal communications, more interaction is occurring online than ever before. And for a variety of financial and practical and, and business reasons, that is going to uh, be a continuing trend going forward, uh, whether you're talking about financial institutions to, to do banking or brokerage houses uh, to uh, interact with uh, people buying and selling stocks, governments, doing more e-government. Uh, it's going to be a continuing trend. So as more attention, more energy is focused online, the, the places in which those communications occur will become increasingly important. And now we have a generation of, of uh, young people growing up accustomed to these devices, accustomed to sending email, to surfing the web, And uh, visiting domains, visiting those websites, I think you're just going to see more and more attention on this space and a greater understanding of the power of the internet as a tool uh, to do more, to uh, to uh, explore your full potential online, and and to do more uh, in in both business and personal settings.
2: And and just you know, I know a lot of uh, a lot of the listeners and a lot of the domainers are wondering when Microsoft is going to put their foot down. and get into this game that, uh, that uh, Yahoo and, and Google are dominating so much. I know there's been a lot of talk about it. Do you, are you able to share with us any uh, um, you know, realistic dates or plans where Microsoft's going to get into um, this direct navigation game and take advantage of some of their power and um, you know, uh, breath in the Internet?
6: Monty, I, I can't give you a, a firm date. It's in part because it's not the area that I'm focusing on. I, I am in the legal shop working on enforcement, and am, am in close communication with the people who are working on, on those products and services. But I, I can't share an exact date because I, I don't have one in hand. But I certainly know uh, coming away from Domain Fest, for example, there is great interest in that area, and it's something that, uh, that we are focusing on every day.
2: Great. Is there anything else you'd like to add or let uh, the domain community know uh, uh, from our discussion today?
6: Uh, I guess the bottom line is, is uh, you know, having a well-known trademark a uh, high-profile trademark, a high-profile brand in your domain name is an easy uh, but uh, potentially illegal way to attract that traffic, and that, as tempting as that may be, I encourage your listeners to, to not take that approach, that uh, that's something that,
1: that brand owners
6: are becoming increasingly aware of and savvy to. I think you'll see more announcements similar to the one by Microsoft today in the months ahead, not just by Microsoft, but by other larger brands that are going to be looking at putting resources into this area of enforcement. So uh, perhaps a note of caution, but at the same time, a note of excitement that this is, uh, we, we recognize a growing space and one where increasingly more people are going to be participating and interested in, uh, as, as I mentioned, the, the, the online advertising phenomenon continues to grow.
2: Great. Well, Aaron, we really appreciate your time and uh, your commitment for being on Domain Masters. Uh, uh, Domain Masters is listened to uh, uh, for uh, in about uh, 2,000 uh, different downloads each week, and I'm sure a lot of, a lot of people and a lot of domainers and a lot of webmasters will get a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of benefit from this conversation we had today, and I really appreciate your time.
6: Thanks, Monty. A pleasure to be here.
2: Right, I'd love to have you on again at some time, too, and I look forward to seeing you at uh, one of the next conferences.
6: I look forward to that.
2: Okay. Thanks a lot, Aaron. Thanks, Monty. Have a good day. Uh, Thanks again to Aaron Kornblum, the uh, senior legal counsel and uh, attorney for Microsoft uh, in charge of protecting Microsoft's brand, enforcing um, programs against spam, phishing, and cyber squatting. It was an interesting perspective uh, with him, uh, both on the side of what they're doing to protect spam and also their position on what they do when 404 redirects happen from their own IE browser and how they they, uh, interpret that. So... um, um, if anyone does have any uh, questions or any uh, domain names they want to give up to Microsoft, based off of what you just heard today, uh, you feel free to contact me at monty at moniker dot com. Uh, we have a corporate account for Microsoft here at Moniker, and uh, it is used, uh, you know, periodically when people want to give up domain names. Uh, so it's in our disputed account, actually. Um, so uh, we do protect uh, uh, our customers, and in case you want to give them up before they come after you, um, that's a possibility, and you have the opportunity to do that. We're going to take a short commercial break and be on with uh, Michael White, our vice president of business development, who's going to give us an update on the silent auction that's uh, in its final hours of closing. We're looking pretty up. I'm not going to tell anybody what the totals are so far, but I think we're kicking some major ass out there. And we'll go over some of the top names that sold in the, uh, in the domain auction, live auction that was last uh, um, Thursday, last Wednesday. I'm sorry, last Wednesday. And uh, a couple of unique things happened during that auction which were uh, very significant and very important for the industry. We'll be back on in a minute.
3: You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters.
1: The question is, are you still master of your domain?
3: Stay tuned.
0: Join top payouts and unparalleled affiliate support is as easy as xy7.com. Just call one eight six six xy 7 pays and see how it pays to join XY7 for increased conversions and higher revenue via the newest and hottest ad campaigns. Call one eight six six xy 7 pays today or sign up at xy7.com and find out why thousands of other successful affiliate marketers already know. So don't wait. Call now. one eight six six xy 7 pays that's one xy 7 XY7.com. The only ad network you'll ever need to get paid. XY7.com. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the isedn.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding and hassles with low cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from isedn. So visit isedn.org today and discover how easy it is. Maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fiat
3: from the isedn.org. On Friday after the show,
0: Dave Naylor and I went out shopping. <laughs> we had a multiple number of shops we wanted to go to. I, of course, had my new cell phone pulling up maps. And, no, I'll find Best Buy. And we walked in these circles that never got us close to go. Only at the end of all this did we think, could they
3: use that act walking direction?
4: <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Search Cast with Danny Sullivan. Monday through Thursdays at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, 8.30 a.m. Pacific. And if you missed any of this week's shows, check out... The Daily Search Cast Week in Review, Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. You have arrived at
1: the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere.
3: domain masters so you're still master your domain yes <laughs> master of my domain here's your host
2: master of my domain and your domain uh my next guest so i'm very proud to have on the show it's his first domain masters ex- uh, experience and uh, visit with us He is Michael White. He's the Vice President of Business Development for Moniker.com. He oversees the development and processes for several revenue-generating business lines, including Marketplace and the live and silent domain auction events. Prior to joining Moniker, he served as Director of Partner Relations for Canoodle, um, and at Canoodle, he was responsible for for growing and maintaining the search distribution channels. He is one of the most valuable resources we have here at Moniker and uh, is basically the engine behind both our live and silent auction planning and closing and processing and distribution. Michael White, welcome to Domain Masters.
5: Monty, thank you for having me, and uh, thank you for the kind words.
2: Yeah, Um, uh, I don't get to thank you enough, and uh, you've done a fantastic job as we've evolved this whole online auction process and silent auction process onto the Internet and making it a new vehicle where buyers and sellers uh, really transact uh, uh, domain names, and uh, we establish values live uh, you know, live in front of their eyes. Uh, before we get started with a silent auction update, um, just a reminder to everyone that we held um, our third live domain auction at Traffic West in Las Vegas last week. Uh, we conducted uh, 155 sales, generating $4.3 million in domain name sales. Um, we literally ran out of time and were kicked out of the room because we ran out of time because... One of the things we didn't anticipate was that we had a high percentage of closing or sales on the list. Um, we, we sold 67% of all the names that were presented at the time. Um, uh, we got through 233 names, and uh, 155 of those sold. Very few passes and uh, a lot of bidding back and forth. Even on some of the past names, there was a lot of bidding going on. We came very close to selling porn.com, which got a, a, a high bid of $7 million. That's an incredible amount. We needed... Uh, $500,000 or $600,000 more to uh, to have that transaction go through. And the good news is we're probably going to end up closing that in the next uh, week to 10 days because there's three or four interested parties in that name. And um, some of the other notable um, uh, history-making um, things that happened during the auction was that we sold two active websites, uh, which were the top three sellers in our auction last uh, last week. One was families.com, which was a whole website and infrastructure and customers and... Um, um, you know, whole business, along with blogster.com, which was the same, which is one of the uh, leading online blogging um, uh, sites and um, applications on the web as well. Um, Families.com sold for $650,000. Blogster sold for $275,000. In between that was the domain name greeting.com for $350,000. So uh, we didn't have a million-dollar domain name at this auction like we did at the last auction, which was cameras.com. Or even a fi- you know we had a five hundred and twenty thousand dollar name at the Internext auction, which was uh, shemails.com. Uh, but uh, we had a very strong showing with uh, families at six hundred and fifty, um, Greeting. dot at three hundred and fifty thousand, Blogster at two hundred and seventy five thousand, Et. dot com at two hundred and twenty five thousand, Settlement at two hundred thousand, Ol. dot com at one hundred and fifty, and px.com dot com at one hundred and twenty, and then it just went down from there. Um, real realestate.moby was the top Moby name at $85,000 so uh, we had a very successful show and uh, as a result of running out of time 100 names made it into the silent auction that were scheduled for the live auction along with 3,500 of the top names that we p- selected out of the some 44,000 submissions that we had and so it's a very hard and, and stringent process to, to weed down this list but obviously we're getting better at it because we had such a high percentage of sales now turning to the silent auction Michael, tell us how everything's going because I don't have the current news or the update on where we are thus far.
5: Well, let me be the first to tell you that uh, slated right now is more than a million dollars in sales currently wow. in the silent auction system with, uh, with about two hours to go um, in the closing process. And in, in those 100 domains that did not get to the live auction are actually slated and will not close for a while, and they're included in the silent auction. So those are still available.
2: Wow. So uh, so we're already over a million dollars, which is a big record. Our last uh, best performance in the silent auction was over $600,000. So it looks like we, were, we still have a lot to go. And our closing actually is a staggered close. Explain a little bit about how that works in the silent auction process.
5: Well, the staggered close uh, works uh, to the benefit of the bidders. Um, most people have certain budgets that they are allocating towards these domain sales. And if they do not win the domain at the last minute, then this gives them the opportunity to... Uh, Bid on uh, other domains that uh, they may be interested. If they lose out on a domain,
2: oh, okay, got it. And plus, I guess it's pretty hard to close thirty five hundred domain transactions, whether they have bought or not, at one time. I guess so. The system staggers them so you can get out all the invoices and get everything closed as well, right? Correct. Great. Um, how uh, how does someone find out if they have a name that's sold in the silent auction?
5: Well, um, sellers sellers will be notified uh, via email. After the silent auction closes and, and some of the sales have been verified, um, buyers can easily, partic- auction participants can easily log into the system. Um, it is an exclusive event, so if, if they don't have access, um, they will have to be notified by going to our marketplace system, our live auction page, where we'll have a list in a few days of all, this, all the live and silent auction domain sales.
2: And what are some of the highlights that you see so far in the silent auction? What are some of the top names?
5: Well, some of the top names, just some some quick stats. We have uh, more than 10, 10 sales that have topped the $20,000 mark. We also have two sales that have uh, topped over $100,000.
2: Uh, what, what are those?
5: Well, the, the highest sale so far is UB.com at uh, almost $130,000, and then usedmotorcycles.com a little over $100,000. Oh, wow,
2: that's great. That's a surprise uh, latecomer, huh? Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Um, And we've done a lot to uh, enhance our silent auction system based off of a lot of feedback that uh, we've heard. And um, uh, what are some of the cool features about our silent auction so the next time that somebody has the opportunity to participate, they can uh, look out for some of the cool stuff that we have available?
5: Right, well, they have the ability to add domains to their watch list. They'll be notified if they're outbid or if there's any activity on the domain if they're not a current bidder in the domain. We also have a lot of advanced search features so uh, everyone can view and, and, and look for and, and research the domains that they want by keyword, um, whether or not the bid or the domain has a bid on it, placed on it, and um, also. We have the the ability to to do limit bidding, so you can basically set it and forget it, where the the potential buyer goes in and puts a max bid that he's about to that he's willing to pay for the domain, set and it, the forget system it sounds like will, the Ronco, will keep him at the lowest price possible in order to win that domain.
2: Set it and forget it sounds like the Ronco uh, rotisserie uh, <laughs> uh, oven, doesn't it? Set it and forget it.
5: Well, that's 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 the way to go. I mean, if you if you want to, you know research you know you want to spend most of your time researching on the domains that you're interested in, and then put the price in that you're willing to pay for it and then let it ride
2: yeah that's a, probably the smart way to do it now I guess a lot of this uh, last minute so if, if a bid if something happens in the last uh, minutes of the domain closing what happens if there's active bidding going on I guess it just continues how, how does that all work
5: yeah if there's active bidding going on in the in the in the final closing uh, time period the auction itself the individual auction will actually extend for 10 minutes, uh, 10 or 15 minutes, um, depending on uh, how close to the, to the close that the activity or the last bid came in. That will stay open every time someone uh, has activity or, or puts a new bid in on the domain near the close. So it, it allows for, you know, um, not allowing, you know, potential bidders to come in and snipe the bid away from somebody that has it on their watch list. Another reason why to put it on your watch list to make sure that you're notified when your bid is outbid it gives you time to get in and, and, and decide whether or not you want to, you know, pay a higher price for that domain.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, and what are um, what are some of the tips and, and recommendations you have for buyers and sellers in the silent auction?
5: Well, well, buyers, they really need to know their budget. They need to use the watch tools, the watch list tools, and, and just like I said earlier, they need to place their limit bids, you know, what they're willing to pay for the domain. That way they can do more research and in, 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 in you know, really look through the 3,500 domains that are in the system.
2: That's great. That's On great. the
5: seller side, um, you, know, you know this as well as, as everyone here, um, you know, we need to set the reserves as low as, as low as we possibly can. We need to let the market determine the value of these domains. We're setting precedence here with the, with, with the live auction events. So as a seller, you should be asking yourself, what am I willing to accept for this domain versus the question of, what do I think this domain is worth?
2: Now, a lot of people have questions about how they price their domain names uh, when they submit them both for live and silent auction. And as you know, you and I have stayed up many hours, we in hours in the night, uh, working on uh, reserve prices and making sure the names are priced right. Um, what what do you feel the best strategy is for uh, getting the highest dollar as a seller and getting the best uh, buy as a buyer um, based off of the reserve price?
5: Well, from the from the seller, just like I said, I mean, the lower the reserve, the better. You know, as well as everybody that the more bidding activity that happens on a domain the the you know history has proved that it that it goes higher than the actual reserve that you you know were the high reserve that you were willing to put on it initially um for buyers uh you know it's 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 really just research uh, again you know don't spend all your time setting bids you know spend all your time doing research on, on the many nip domains that you want to bid on
2: right right well, that's great. Anything else you want to add uh, before we wrap up the show?
5: Um, no, I just, it's, it's great, uh, you know, working for you, working for a great company like Moniker, and uh, it's exciting times with these, these auctions. It, 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 it's just really exciting. Every, every auction that I'm a part of is better and better than the previous one.
2: Yep, and we're looking very much forward to uh, our New York auction. We have uh, uh, several auctions slated uh, this year that we're going to be working our asses off on and making sure that they're very su- successful. The next uh, big auction, uh, live auction, is at uh, Traffic uh, New York, which is going to be from the 19th of June through the 20th. Let's see here. I'm looking at my calendar just to make sure I get the dates right. Uh, 18th, 19th of June through the 22nd. I think we're having the auction on the 21st that day. We're also doing a silent auction at uh, the uh, CAC conference. That's the CAC conference, casino affiliate uh, convention or conference in Amsterdam, and it's going to be related to gaming and gambling names uh, specifically. So uh, we have those two exciting events coming up, and then we roll right into Inter- Internext, uh, which is the Adult Webmaster Conference, which we had such ex- success in January on in their Vegas conference. Uh, that's coming up in uh, August, in the middle of August, and uh, then we roll into Traffic East in Hollywood, Florida in October, and uh, and then we have a couple more slated before now and the end of the year. So we're real excited to provide this service for the domain community uh, where domain names are actually counted and considered assets, and... Uh, Live transactions and asset values are established right there on a live floor or in a silent venue where uh, buyers and sellers are determining the values of domain names and really helping our industry. So, Mike, we want to appreciate, we appreciate all that you've done to help this be successful. And for this uh, history-making event of being over a million dollars in the silent auction, um, it's going to be a, a big splash in the news, I'm sure, and uh, great for the industry.
5: Yeah, thanks, Monty, and uh, congratulations on another successful event.
2: Thank you, and thanks uh, for all your hard work. I'll let you go. All right, with that, uh, we wrap up another great week of Domain Masters. I was real fortunate to have uh, Aaron Kornblum on. It's uh, rare you get a chief uh, legal counsel from a big corporation like a Microsoft on board, so hopefully everybody picked up a few things that were of interest there, um, especially uh, their positioning and their stance in the industry. And uh, I appreciate his time and effort in that. And uh, also thanks to my second guest, Michael White, who's our VP of Business Development and really the engine behind the success of our silent and live auction system, and the processing of all the closings and all the uh, all the domain name postings and everything that we're doing here um, at moniker.com. With that, I'm going to let everybody go. Stay tuned for another live show next week. Uh, I will then be on vacation uh, for the following week, but uh, Victor Pitts, my great stand-in guest host and my VP of client services will be my uh, guest host that week and uh, we'll have another great live show as well. We're going to be uh, uh, live at SES New York uh in um, April and doing a live show from the probably the Webmaster Radio uh, booth at that time on Wednesday the 11th of April and um, have several other live venues and conferences that are going on. Possibly uh, I'll be uh, live at uh, either the Casino Affiliate Conference or AOE which is uh, the Adult uh, Online uh, Expo which is in Europe in uh, Amsterdam as well which is going to be at the end of April and the beginning of May. With that, I'll let everybody go. Have a great week. Go Wildcats. That's Kentucky Wildcats in the... Uh, big uh, men's uh, championship, uh, NCAA basketball championship, so uh, root for your favorite team. I know everybody's filling out their brackets and getting ready for a big day tomorrow, and uh, be the master of your domain. See you next week. Bye.